I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The 11 to 1 Show. Women love doing this, which I'm... Not that surprised about because I definitely do this. In fact, it's something I do every single day. What is it? More details about this unusual but so, so satisfying habit after share. Share if I could turn back time on LMFM's 11 to 1. I hope you're keeping well this Monday morning. Sinead Brazzle here with you. You can get in touch 086 1800 658. Now, let's have a look at this. Okay, find guests for the show. Yep, we can tick that off. Create a great playlist. Mm, yep, we can tick that off as well. Find interesting content. Mm. Ah, look, we'll tick that one off as well. Yes, women love making lists. And there is nothing more satisfying than ticking off things on a list. I do this all the time. Now, it is to kind of keep me on track, particularly when it comes to work stuff, you know. I will have a list of ring that person back, check in with that person you know, edit the show, this kind of, it has to all be down in a list. Otherwise I might go wrong somewhere along the line. And for many of us, there are a few things more satisfying than ticking off tasks on that never-ending to-do list that we have. And new research has shown women enjoy list writing. We love to write a list far more than men because it helps them to multitask. You see, this is maybe what it is in terms of the multitasking. But apparently, a team from the London University School of Oriental and African Studies revealed that women actually find the activity pleasurable as it means they can complete the unbelievable number of tasks that they undertake day to day. So Dr. Joanna Nolan was in charge of this and she says uh, it enables their male partners to appreciate how much unseen work they have done. <laughs> well, that's if you leave the list lying around. I don't really do that. But there is that sort of debate about the unseen work. That's a topic for another day. And how, whose list is longer? Well, my list is bigger than your list. This sort of crack, you know, because there is an awful lot of unseen work. But as I say, topic for another day. But she said that the linguist, uh, the linguist said she noticed how men and women approach lists differently when she conducted this research. And uh, she says uh, both men and women make the lists, but women ha- make them with way more enthusiasm and it's much more functional. Uh, however, men are just, you know, interested in actually getting the jobs done on said list, whereas women just sort of like the actual list itself, which I... <laughs> Which I don't know. There is something kind of satisfying, though, like I say, of ticking things off on a list. And particularly it's a Monday activity, isn't it? That's going to be a what am I going to what am I going to achieve today or this week? Now, sometimes I get overwhelmed by the list. 
And I'm like, that's that's quite lengthy. How am I going to get through that? But I think, you know, if you take things step by step and kind of, you know, go through things, you know, and not sort of bite off too much and sort of say to yourself, well, it's it's OK if I don't complete everything on the list today, then, you know, that's going to work out for you a little bit better. So there you go. Uh, she also spoke about a friend who reads out her to-do list to her husband every morning. <laughs> and he'll invariably say, why are you telling me this? You know, and she'll think because it's because otherwise you might not acknowledge quite how much I am doing that goes unseen. So she actually calls the list out to her husband just so he knows how much she's actually doing. But I'm wondering, are you a list maker? Do you like writing a list? Or maybe you're just someone that likes writing a shopping list more so than actually your to do list for the day or the week. I'm a big list maker. Thousands of them all through notebooks. If you look through my notebooks, that's what you're going to see. Loads of lists and the satisfying tick. Or sometimes if I'm just feeling very sort of, you know, proud of myself, I'll just cross it off in a big red. So I'm wondering this morning, do you enjoy making lists? If so, tell me about it. Also, what's on your list of to do things that you're sort of procrastinating about and maybe it's on the bottom of your list that you're kind of hoping will just disappear because that happens as well, doesn't it? There's things that we don't want to do. I hear you. I hear you. Let me know. 86 658 There's train with drive-by. Paying the electricity bill. Defo bottom of the list says one message on 86 658 Yeah, there's a couple of those, isn't there? There's a couple of those bill things that come through the door and you're like, oh, right, okay, yeah. We get round to paying that. And then it's like, oh, look, I forgot about that. It's at the bottom of the list. Yeah, I love making lists, um, mainly for jobs around the house for my partner to tick off, says another message here. Yeah, I do like saying that as well. I do like sort of going, oh, that'll be on the list now. And my husband knows that the list is really his list. You know, it's like this unspoken thing that's communicated with us. <laughs> but yes, I loved creating lists for other people to do. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep those coming in. 086-1800-658. Now, our new host of The Late Late Show has been teasing us on Instagram, but he's also been revealing five facts that I did not know about him. We're going to tell you more about that. Plus, I've got music for Jazzy on the way. The 11 to 1 Show. Very telling message for our times, even today, from Bridie on 086-1800-658. She said she used to make lists years ago about who to pay first. It was a long time ago when bills got on top of me and the money was tight. Yeah, Bridie, people are doing this now. People are going, right, this is after coming through the door. That is as well. But also maybe like I've uh, my washing machine's broken down, so I have to... So you have to prioritise, isn't it? And there's a bit of that going on. There really is. Uh, I gave a handyman a list of six items to do when I got home. He only got he only did jobs one, three, and five. He says he doesn't. He only does odd jobs. James, fantastic, nice bit of humour of a Monday morning. Love that. Thank you so much. My wife makes a list every Saturday for me with things to do. When she gets home, she gives out crap to me for not doing what she asks. But I really enjoy when she realises everything on the list is complete and she has to apologise for giving out. And then in the same breath, she gives out to me for not marking off the list. I can't win. Oh, you see, John. You've, you've missed the key thing, the key element. This is key to the, the whole list thing is actually ticking it off. You know what I mean? So no wonder she's going mad. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Do keep those coming in. Uh, our Late Late Show host 
We're all very intrigued. He's going to be making his debut on Friday night. Friday's 15th of September. Yeah. Uh, First Late Late Show and no doubt lots of nerves and all the rest for Patrick Keelty. But he has been on Instagram hinting and teasing us as to what's going to come up. But also he's revealed some interesting facts about himself. So five interesting facts that we may not have known about Patrick Keelty, including a Love Island connection. Here he is. Five facts. They're all true. I am the proud holder of an All-Ireland Gaelic football medal for Down Miners. I was a sub on the 87 team. I didn't play. They won. I did play in 88 and 89. They didn't win. Draw your own conclusions. The television juggernaut that is Love Island was first hosted by me. I hosted the very first series in Fiji with Kelly Brook. We were taken to an island in the South Pacific. Shaking your heads, aren't you? You got a terrible gig. It was a terrible gig. If you're interested in a slightly flared jean with a tall driving shoe. Number three, I once punched Muhammad Ali in the face. Whenever I hosted Special Olympics opening ceremony, Muhammad Ali was one of the special guests. Then told me to pretend to punch him in the face, but he leaned forward in the picture, so it didn't, didn't end. I first appeared on the Late Late Show, I think when I was 20 or 21, way, way back with Gay Byrne. I walked out to complete silence, and the fact that I was ever invited back as a guest, let alone to host this show, is a holy miracle. Number five, I will be hosting my very first Late Late Show live, and I can exclusively reveal that my guests on Friday's show are... Oh, he left us hanging. What a tease he is. Do you know, I just looking at him there in the video, he seems like great crack. He really does. And he is ever the professional, no doubt. But no doubt there will be, you know, a little bit of nerves in the tummy on Friday night. Even me, you know, just thinking about something like that, it, I'd be vomiting at the side of the stage if it was me. It must be so, so nerve wracking. But considering the circumstances he's walking into, it's double, double the pressure. But I think that the Irish public are going to really warm to him. I think he's going to do it fantastic job and hopefully we can move on a little bit can I say that yes maybe not I don't know anyway getting back to the music we can move on quickly on this show here's Jazzy giving me Jazzy giving me that is the sound of the summer and apparently we are extending the summer we are Look at it. Maybe it was the heat that went to our heads this week, but we're extending the summer with LMFM, a sounds of summer stream. So it's the biggest tunes from your favourite festival stars so we can relive all of the festival vibes. You can listen now on at the app or go to lmfm.ie and sounds of the summer with Kildare Village. Extraordinary designers, extraordinary experiences, extraordinary prices. You can find it all at Kildare Village. The possibilities are endless. So sounds of the summer, chill vibes only please and you can stream at lmfm.ie. Now I just want to let you know about this. The Irish Wheelchair Association in Drogheda, they have launched a new fitness programme and this is all in partnership with CrossFit Loud and what it's doing is it's aiming to provide a really inclusive group exercise environment for members of the IWA's Young Adult Service. So this is kind of a pilot health and wellbeing programme so they're trying this out and it's starting this month and it's going to be one session for per week lasting 45 minutes and it's going to be eight participants that are going to be getting involved in this just to try this out for the duration of eight weeks and fair play to CrossFit Loud for taking this on board so they're very much uh, involved with this so they are going to be um 
supporting and uh, you know really in providing an engaging fitness experience for these uh, people from the I- or Irish Wheelchair Association so hopefully this will be um, something that they can, will continue and will be successful but uh, best of luck to everybody involved in that so I think it's starting pretty much now with the eight participants and then they will hopefully continue it then in the long term. Now I'm really excited because the gang from Quintessence Theatre Company are going to be back in studio very very shortly with us. Now you might recall a couple of years ago at this stage we went down and visited them in the rehearsal when they were thrashing out uh, their production and kind of getting to grips with what they I suppose, aspects of the story they were going to bring to the stage for Albert DJ Cashier, who people might know was born Jenny Hodgers from Clotterhead. And it's a fascinating story. It really, really is. So it's the curious case of Albert DJ Cashier. And it's going to be brought, coming back to Drihid where it all started before it heads off on a national tour, which is big, big news. And they actually happened to be in Drihid Art Centre when the guys got the news that they were going to be heading on a national tour. And there was all sorts of celebrations all around because, look, I've said this often enough, it is hard working in the arts sector. It is a long slog. You know, you do these things and you hope you get funding and you hope they'll continue and you hope audiences will engage with it. Every time that they perform this, it's just brilliant, like what they do on the stage. So we're going to be chatting to the director and the cast of Quintessence Theatre. And and they're going to give us a little sneaky preview of a scene as well. So looking forward to chatting to them very shortly. Jerry Fish and the Mudbook Club, true friends and my friends are in studio from Quintessence Theatre Company. We are going to be talking about this acclaimed production of Albert DJ Cash. You're going to be hearing the fascinating story next. The 11 to 1 show. Quintessence Theatre in association with Drihid Arts Centre are back on stage with this fantastic production. It's the curious case of Albert Cashier, Lincoln's Lady Soldier. So it's set in 1862 and a young Irish man enlists with the Union Army in the Civil War and becomes a decorated soldier. But unknown to his comrades, Private Cashier is waging an internal war of his own. So they are returning to Drihid Arts Centre this week with their acclaimed original dramatisation of the incredible true story of the Clarehead-born transgender soldier before embarking on a national tour and I'm delighted to have the cast Cara Kearney Anthony Kinahan Leah Roster uh, in studio and also director Anna Simpson is with us as well guys how are we getting on here you must be just like so excited this is big big news isn't it yeah it's really exciting yeah we're buzzing over the moon absolutely you should be because it's been such a journey such a roller coaster of a a sort of play really because this is going back is it a couple of years now at this stage or when did I actually go into the rehearsal room I'm trying to think back was it pre-Covid yeah it was 2020 it was early 2020 this was the last show we staged before all the lockdown madness began I think we got in what two weeks before the first lockdown we actually staged it so it was right in that right in that build up and it was a just as well we had that one in because then it was a long couple of years of no theatre. But it's a show we've been desperate to revive, so we're delighted to be taking it on the road now. Oh, it is. It's fantastic. It really is great news. Leah, now this story starts really with you because you sort of heard about it from your dad. Isn't that yeah, the crack? Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I don't know. I think that... This is like the second show, I think, that my dad has approached. But yeah, he he's seen them. Um, it was actually Nationwide did an episode on Albert and um, and his story. And he was watching it one night and he said, here, Leah, this would be a great story, a local uh, person. Um, and it'd be great for quintessence to, you know, tell Albert's story. So uh, I brought it to the guys in the company and um, I think you were well on for it. <laughs> 
So shout out to Fergus in his yeah. conversation with Fergus Foster. Thank you, Fergus. Unofficial uh, consultant to the yeah. perhaps. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. But uh, so this story then, like, I mean, I wouldn't have known anything about it only for you guys bringing it to the stage, which is fantastic. But uh, t- what did we know about Jenny? And then what did we know about sort of before she was Albert, I suppose, she was here in Clarehead. Do we know much about her early life? Um, there's not a lot of official records. Mm. There's there's a birth certificate that they think was Jenny Hodges, though the name is different, born on Christmas Day. Um, but there really isn't a huge amount. There are some stories from around the local area because when we did stage the show, the, uh, the descendants of Albert came to see it, which Brilliant. was fantastic and loved the yeah. show. Um, but there isn't a lot of record at all. Uh, and the link between Jenny Hodges and Albert Cashier wasn't made till very late in Albert's life anyway when he was already... Uh, retired in a veteran's mm. home so that came very very late so um, so no there really isn't a, wasn't a lot about it so we have although we did a lot of research as part of the development of it we did have to take some artistic license and figure out what made the most sense in terms of just motivationally and what made sense for the story we were looking to tell in paralleling Albert's story with the stories of transgender people today as well. Yeah, absolutely, because that's exactly what it is. It's you, you are bringing it, I suppose, into the to the modern day too with, you know, this, this I suppose, exploration for a, lo- a lot of us into kind of what is the transgender experience and what was fantastic about, you know, seeing this show and then having the trans community come and see this was that they were very emotional about this. This, you know, really struck a chord with them. Yeah, I think um, Quintessence always just tries to show a mirror to society and kind of uh, reflect the real stories back at people. And I think seeing yourself being represented in whatever form it might be um, on the stage can be quite effective uh, and affecting and and, uh, emotional. And so with us going on this 17 venue national tour, um, we uh, are part of our mission statement for this as well on going on the tour is to make sure that we bring Albert's story around the country that we get we bring that empathy towards um, a, a trans character uh, to audiences all around the country and then in certain places as well we're going to be doing post-show discussions where we will be inviting members of all the, of the whole community but it's, uh, especially members of the LGBT and trans community to come along and share their own um, reactions to the show and, and how they felt about it and and how they feel it parallels to their experience today in Ireland. Yeah, and what a great way to explore that as an audience is to true a show because it is a difficult subject matter that a lot of people are trying to maybe wrap their heads around as well. Absolutely. So take me to the to the story itself then. What aspects of Albert's life are explored in this show, Anna? Jesus, uh, as much as was possible, really. Uh, we Well, we don't actually, to be fair, we don't do a huge amount of Albert's early life in yeah. Ireland because Albert Cashier existed from kind of arriving in America in terms of that identity. Um, so we touch on it. So the story really uh, charts about, I'd say, 50, 60 years of his life from first coming over to America, stowing away to America, um, taking on the identity of Albert Cashier, his his true identity, Um enlisting in the Union War, fighting in the fighting in the Civil War, and then his many years after living quite a peaceful, quiet life in Sonoma in Illinois before he was uh, exposed mm. by some uh, indiscreet nurses um, as really a woman, uh, which made the papers across America, and he ended up in a court battle, probably the biggest battle of his life, um, to essentially own his identity and for his veterans' pension. So it's actually as well one of the kind of earlier big public debates around even identity yes. uh, and largely to do with the pension but 
um, the parallel of it to the arguments going on today is, is is hard to ignore and very exciting. And then on top of all that, it's just as a drama and it's hopeful and inspiring and exciting. You know, we stage with five people, entire battlefields and yeah. uh, crossing on the ship for, in the coffin ship from Ireland to America. Like we span, it's, a, it's an epic play. It's not, it's not an understatement to say it's really quite epic, but it's also beautiful and hopeful and fun. Uh, and you know we've we've sometimes done some dark dark dramas, so I think we all really love with Albert Cashier that we get to explore some that is inspirational and and thrilling as yeah. well. Oh, that's a perfect summary, a synopsis <laughs> of the whole thing because that is what audiences will ultimately be left with is this feeling of being inspired and so proud that he came from this local area. Like I'm so proud that he came from this local area and that he's brought to life in this way. But to think of you know first of all, as you say. The, the first act of bravery, you may say, is leaving everything he knew, stowing away on the, on the ship and that, you know, really perilous journey to, to the States, then enlisting uh, and then concealing his identity and becoming a man in that time would have been so, so difficult. And then, as you say, this battle to, to claim what is rightfully his and to actually stand up and go, this is who I am in front of the the public again at that time so so brave but talk to me about the play elements because I love that quintessence just really you guys love to play and this is where the creativity comes to the fore with regards to this like I mean as you say you've got minimal like you've got poles or something like this yeah. <laughs> we have a few sticks we've got, we've got five crates and some sticks yeah. <laughs> that's actually pretty much it yeah. yeah and this whole world is created like I mean is this the fun part for you guys the play element of it yeah definitely I mean I was only saying in rehearsals the other day when we were all using these white sticks we have five white sticks and five white wooden crates that we use for everything throughout the show and like there we were pew 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 using the, <laughs> the sticks as guns and it's like childhood Cara would be so delighted with herself and then it's a sweeping brush and a walking stick and a train a train at one point like there's Steam so boat. many different yeah see <laughs> the list is endless guys so that's like the proper like that that quintessent sense of play of imagination and the lack of props actually some people might think it's really limiting but it's actually the opposite like there's so much more opportunity to use things in a really fun and quirky way and it's so much fun for the audience can I just say because you're literally looking astounded that the these sticks as you say are just being used in such a different way so you know parents of kids who have you know lost maybe the ability to play you know in boxes and things like that mm. you're going to see it in Quintus they do it for a living they do for a living they really do uh, but Cara just to bring you in because this is such a big role such a challenge you're obviously a cis woman how has this been like this journey to, to, to become Albert because you do become Albert Yeah, it's been an amazing privilege and not one without obviously worry and fear of not doing his story justice because it is really, it is really important. Um, And I think during the devising and research process, thankfully, we brought in trans people to consult and Mm. to give us their experiences so that we could make sure that we weren't just telling, you know, the story of someone from over 100 years ago that we knew from bits of like newspaper articles and like traces here and there that we were actually interviewing like we had this amazing person called Delroy come in and tell us about his experience as also an uh, emigrate uh, he emigrated from yes his country to Ireland uh, as a trans person and it was just hit the the stories that he gave um, were so useful in helping me and all of us really step into the shoes of Albert and I think the job of an actor 
is to be as empathetic as he can be. Like no matter what your character is, it could be an evil character, a good character, like wh- whatever they, whoever they are, you're stepping into their shoes and you have to be as authentic as possible. And the feedback we got first time was very hopeful. So I'm hopeful that we're like, that I'm doing a good job and that we're all doing a good job. Um, Cause at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that Albert's story is told with the most honesty and authenticity as possible. Yeah, no, you you totally get that because even down to the mannerisms that you have on stage that are quite male, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it, it, all of that really feeds into into the whole thing. It really, really does. Um, now, before we have uh, a little snippet, I do have to just like deviate ever so slightly from Albert and focus on Mr. Anthony Kenahan for a second because he didn't tell me this. He posted this on Instagram last night that he was in a fa- <laughs> just like a minor television role <laughs> with a minor star <laughs> attached to this. Tell me this. <laughs> I, I actually didn't know until somebody t- texted me last night that I was on. So yeah, I, was, uh, I had a little role in The Woman in the Wall on BBC One, which was aired last night, which I think is repeated during the week at some stage. So set your uh, sky planners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, I'm, in, I'm in episode four. I'm just in um, like a births and deaths records. I'm, I'm, I'm a receptionist and very much a computer says no kind of guy. So. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say, you don't look very helpful no. to Ruth Wilson's character. Wilson, can we yeah, just yeah, say yeah. amazing? What was she like? To yeah, it was great. Fair, by the way. I oh, loved yeah. her in that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you? Was it fun to work opposite? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. It was lovely. I mean, it's always great to get new experiences and, and I'm very much um, a lot of my experiences in stage and theatre. So every um, bit of screen um, work that I get, I'm always very grateful for because it's always a, a, a great learning curve. But mm. it, it was lovely. Yeah, I was up, um, I think I filmed it in January and it was up in up Northern Ireland. And yeah, Ruth was lovely and everybody's. Yeah, it was, it was a great day. Yeah, Fantastic. Great day. Fantastic. But uh, talk to me then about this role, because you play a couple of different roles, but predominantly um, Albert's quite a friend but yeah. not confidant no. for everything he no. doesn't know yeah, yeah. I, I, I play my main role is Sam Samuel Pepper um, Albert's BFF I suppose um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, um, and then I play a lot of other roles but yeah like uh, I, I revel in the in the multi-rolling of it all and, and um, Sam's, Sam's a lovely role to play I mean it, it, he really does care a lot about Albert and um, it's great to see then he's kind of it takes a bit more of a leadership role in, in some of the more battle scenes with the with the squadron that, that they they operate in and all the rest so it's it's great to get to play a role like that but then it's also great to then just spin around and be a doctor or be a psychiatrist and get to find the comedy and absurd comedy yes. in some of those bits as well That's and no better man for that job <laughs> Sam was a real character as yeah. well yeah. Like, in Albert's life which is really cool like yeah. they're Pre- known to have set up a business together and stuff wasn't it yeah yeah they did set up a, a nursery a plant nursery together in uh, Belvedere for a few years yeah after they left the army so in fact actually all of his comrades that we depict Dixon uh, Compton Pepper were all real people uh, okay. who he served with so we have a beautiful mix of the fiction where we needed to and then real people are presented throughout the play as well which has been great crack to do yeah, yeah and like you say to give this whole, all of these people their story and then make sure people know about this this really important story so you are going to play do a little snippet for me Anna do you want to key up what's going to happen here and Leah and Cara are going to perform for us very exciting yeah so this is from scene three of the play so early enough in and uh, it's a bit of a flashback to Albert's early days where he is still uh, living under the name Jenny Hodges. Uh, this is set on the Liverpool docks where uh, Jenny has had their tickets stolen to get on the Superior to get over to America. Um, was had an unfortunate encounter with some sailors who tried to bargain 
to take advantage of Albert to get onto the ship. But Jenny is rescued by a character we call Little Albert, who becomes to be an important figure in Albert's life, who has rescued him from that situation. And this is the conversation following. Fantastic. That. Okay, whenever you're ready, guys. Thank you. Thank you is right. You're lucky I came along when I did. I was fine. I was handling it. I was trying to get work on the ship. Jesus, you're green to the gill, aren't you? And what kind of work do you think those lads were going to make you do? Ship wouldn't be the only thing to be boarded whether you liked it or not. Best not to think about it. Or actually, maybe do, because it's going to happen to you again and you need to be on your guard, you know? My name's Albert. Where are you from? Louth. Clarehead. Go away. Arno. I thought the accent sounded familiar. I'm from Drogheda myself. No. Yeah. Been here a few years, though. But of all the poor and helpless souls on this stock, I somehow found you. Sure must be destiny or something. Uh, I think we make our own destiny. Where are you going? America? Yeah, New York. Just like everyone else, then. But you? You're on your own? I can fend for myself. Sure you can. Ruby. What about you? Yeah, New York. I've been practising. Speaking American. I thought they spoke English. No, no, they do. I mean, the accent. They talk different. It's like... New York. New York. New York. New York. Yeah, just like that. Jesus, I hope I understand them. Why do you want to go over? Oh, I want to get away. Ireland is too small. Everyone knows yet, yet they don't. I just want possibility. A clean slate. I get that. Well, Ruby... Maybe it's with that that we can help each other out. Really? Both going to the same place. Both got no ticket to get there. I say we stick together, work as a wee team, and get us the means, by whatever means, necessary, if you catch me drift. Uh, No, not really. There's this fella that I know, Jimmy. He comes up around here each morning an hour before the ship sets sail. And if you have enough, not as much as a ticket, but enough to make it worth his while, he'll get you on the ship. And we can get enough money for both of us by combining our specific skill sets. Skill sets? You're a girl with a nimble face. I'm a fellow with nimble fingers. Sure you saw how them sailor fellows were with you. Put those feminine charms to use. Distract us a wealthy dandy. And before he even knows our name, I'll have relieved him of his wallet or his watch or his handkerchief or whatever I can dig out of his pocket. I don't think I can. Oh, sure you can. Let's practice. Pretend I'm a wealthy gentleman. Here I am, wandering, minding my own business. Easy target, alone, looking about. Approach me. Stop me. Stop! I've right bit blunt, like. Listen, you're going to have to put a bit of body into it. Like, you know, push it out. Go on. Uh, Hello there, sir. Hello. I'm really sorry, guys. I'm going to have to stop because I'm going to be late for news. But that was absolutely fantastic. I have no doubt that you're going to take the country by storm when this has its its fantastic national tour. But for now, guys, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks a million. Come see the show. com, by the way, for this week, 14th of September, they're going to be in Drihid and also 7th of October in Anton Arts Centre and the 19th of October in Solstice. News at 12 is approaching but after that, we have a sleep expert. Yeah, so if you're having trouble sleeping, our sleep expert is with us with lots of advice. That's coming up after 12. Oh!
the 11 to 1 show. A little bit later than usual, but now it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 2001, two passenger planes are hijacked by Al Qaeda terrorists and they crash into New York's World Trade Towers, causing the collapse of both and the deaths of 2,606 people. And today is Patriot Day also commonly known as 9-11 remembered globally as the anniversary of this catastrophic terrorist attack in USA LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows creating the perfect home is a journey let us guide you visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms discover more at senatorwindows.ie Westlife, when you're looking like that in LMFM's 11 to 1. Misheard son lyric from my daughter Erin, says Mina on 0861800658. She always sang, she's 5 foot 10 with a cat suit and bendy eyes <laughs> to that Westlife song. She was forced to listen to it because of me, says Mina. Well, speaking about songs that people were forced to listen to, that brings me nicely to this really strange story that I came across this morning. Now, you would think somebody like a horror writer like Stephen King might be listening maybe to heavy metal music, rock music, you know, to get into the sort of, I don't know, zone of the darkness that comes hand in hand with writing horror. But no, he was obsessed with a certain song and it almost led to his divorce. I'm going to tell you more about it right after the buzz. The buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Olivia Rodrigo launched her new album Guts with a live performance on today. Here's how Vampire sounded live. Chris Evans has gotten married. It's reported that he tied the knot over the weekend with partner Alba Baptista in an intimate at-home wedding. Rumours are saying that Megan Thee Stallion will be joining Beyonce on stage for her Renaissance World Tour. The rumour dates are the 23rd and 24th of September in Houston, Texas. Ethan Hawke has opened up about directing his own daughter in the upcoming film Wildcat. Maya Hawke is known for her role as Robin in Stranger Things. He says that Maya had a great take on nepotism. You said a really smart thing before we started. Um which is that if you're privileged and lucky enough to get to work with family, you have a target on your back, meaning you have to prove that you deserve that. And as soon as you just think, oh, it's so wonderful that we're together just magically, it's going to be something worth somebody paying money to watch. It's really arrogant. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Oh, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing that movie. Did see that magazine interview with them as well in Variety. Now, uh, Stephen King, obsessed with this song, which you might not, you might be surprised for somebody that writes horror to be obsessed with this. Yeah. 
Mambo number five. Yeah, he said he was completely obsessed with this classic song, so much so that it almost broke up his marriage. I mean, really. The guy who brought us The Shining and it, listen to this stuff. <laughs> Apparently he was a big time fan, much to his wife's Tabitha's King's frustration. He said uh, she it almost broke up the marriage. It was a yeah, big, big thing. She said... I played that a lot. I had the dance mix. I played that thing until my wife just said, one more time and I'm going to effing leave you. King said he became particularly fixated on the tune while writing his time travel novel. Oh, this is brilliant. 112263, which features the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Brilliant book. He had previously covered the track in an article about songs that stick in your head. He says, uh, my wife said she would disembowel me with her sharpest knife if I played the extended version one more time. So, you know, she's a bit dark as well. Like him, maybe it's been around him all the time. She was very graphic there, wasn't she? I waited until she was running errands. Then I played it not once, but several times just to get it out of the system, you know. And he says, uh, the dreaded earworm can turn even a great song into something you'd run from screaming at the top of your lungs. So this, this is the song. I can just imagine him bopping along there as he's typing, you know, about people being disemboweled himself in novels. There you go. Who knew? Stephen King, massive fan of Mambo number five. There's your rhythmics, there must be an angel. Now, last week on the show, we were talking about our sleep personalities. There's seven different sleep personalities and we realised really that there's only 12% of us, so one in 10 of us, that's actually getting a full night's sleep. So what can we do? Well, I did say I would call in an expert and I found one. Uh, Anne-Marie Boyhen, she is a sleep expert as well as that. She's a, kind of a sleep science coach is actually what she is. And she's also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner as well. We're going to be chatting to her about all things sleep. So if you have any questions, 86 658 The 11 to 1 show. Do you find it difficult to drift off to sleep? Well, a sleep study has discovered that only 12% of us are actually sleeping through the night. And in fact, Irish people are two and a half more times likely to be scrolling on social media before bed, more so than our neighbours across the pond. So what can we do to ensure we are getting a full night's sleep? Well, help is at hand because my next guest knows all too well the struggle of a trying to drift off at night. For many years she suffered with insomnia due to a high demanding work life but she set up the sleep care company with the aim of helping others to be well and sleep well. She's a certified sleep science coach and a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and she's working with people to help solve insomnia and other sleep issues. I'm delighted to have Anne-Marie Boyhan. She's founder of the sleep care company on the line. You're very welcome Anne-Marie. How are you getting on? Great, how are you Sinead? Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. Now, I was on the website earlier on reading up a little bit about you and my goodness me, your life before your life now was very, very different. You were working a very sort of high pressure job, lots of stress and very little sleep. Yes, that's it. And uh, a familiar story for some, but I had two little kids at home. I was working full time and I really didn't know how to switch off at night. I was constantly on my phone People were emailing me. I was answering the emails. I was working into the night and really didn't know how to wind down or how to de-stress. It really affect my, affected my sleep in terms of sleep deprivation. I was lucky if I had four hours sleep a night. Wow. And then it started to affect my health. 
Okay, so four hours sleep a night, that really is not that much at all. And you did get a bit of a scary wake up call as well. Tell us about this and how did it change everything for you? Yeah, I went to see my doctor because I basically started falling over and this was um, dizziness and falling over, which I didn't know, but it was one of the symptoms of of sleep deprivation and he ran bloods, etc. And, you know, everything came back all fine, but basically said you're burning out, um, which is a major cause, you know, Mm. sleep deprivation can contribute to that. So I decided to do something about it and uh, it was near my Christmas holidays, took my Christmas holidays, some time off and had time to think and I thought I really want to do something about this I want to change things so I became obsessed with sleep and how to sleep and started um, studying it and researching it and really just figuring out how to get myself better and that's how the the idea for the sleep care company came about. That is quite the the 360, isn't it, really? Like to to go out on your own and to set up this company because like you say on the website, you want others to to, to help others to be well and sleep well. And it all is really fascinating because how interconnected things like our diet and what's going on in terms of imbalances in the body all contributes to to, to sleep, which is really, really interesting. So, you know, would you have found then that, uh, particularly for women, that this idea of trying to juggle a career and busy family life like is this the root of a lot of our our problems in, in society now that our lives are just too hectic yes and it is down to our lifestyle and, and, the, and the juggle um but i do think like i said earlier i did i i didn't know how to look after myself i was mm. looking after everyone else first i was looking after the company i worked for i was looking after my children i was looking you know looking after everyone else but never myself and and it's kind of something, you know, that was maybe frowned upon or, you know, before. So once I figured out that you have to really fill your cup before filling everyone else's cup, then I, I knew what to do. So it's really just to to make sure that you're healthy, that you're OK, and then you can look after everyone else. And one of the ways to be healthy is actually take the time to sleep. So prioritise your sleep, get to bed between 10 and half 10 at night is one of the things I would say. I know a lot of people work really hard. They get home from work and then they're like, no, I'm going to sit up and watch Netflix for hours because I deserve this my time. You know, and that's actually a phenomenon at the, to- at the, at the moment called reverse um, bedtime procrastination. It's a, it, it, in psychology, it is a thing that we, that we as a society are going through. So, you know, but it is just taking that time to say, I, I need my sleep to be functioning and to be healthy. You know, it affects us mentally, physically, every way it affects us if we don't sleep. So it's just important to try and put put yourself there and get that priority sleep. It really is. And like already I'm going, oh, I'm like creeping up to 11, half 11, you know, would be like an early night for me now. But I know exactly where you're coming from with this. But, you know, when you see results in the study, um, by the way, which is conducted by furniture retailer DFS, they're revealing that 12% of us, only 12% are enjoying a proper night's sleep. Like, are you surprised by this? What was your initial reaction to these results? I was surprised at that only 12% of us are sleeping through the night. It is, you know, a shocking figure. Um, But when you think about it... um, our lifestyles are really, you know, the culprit here and we are very busy and we are, you know, trying to do all the things. So it, 
sleep is usually the first thing to suffer. But in saying that, there are ways that you can help yourself um, to get, so prioritise your sleep, try and get to bed early. Um, there's things you can do during the day as well that can help your sleep. So watch your caffeine intake. Um, caffeine is fine in the morning, but once you start taking it after two or three it's going to start eating into your sleep drive. Oh, which and you, already I'm going, it's another black mark against me. My goodness me, I'm an absolute caffeine like junkie. Like I really would. Like some, so much about your life before setting up the company, to an extent I find kind of mirroring myself because I, I, I do a lot of work um, in the evening time as well for events and, you know, emceeing events and different things like that as well. So I find myself kind of in this constant state of business and like yourself, I am a mom as well but yeah the caffeine's a big one now uh, I would probably have coffee running through my veins as opposed to blood a lot of the time yeah <laughs> I get it and it's just really you know I, we, you know, some of us do need caffeine for energy but um, it's that swap in the afternoon so swap your coffee after 2 o'clock to okay. a decaf version or a, a herbal tea or a decaf tea uh, Barry's tea actually do a really nice decaffeinated tea it tastes the same as tea. It does actually, um, yeah. Yeah, so it's just little swaps that will help you. You know, um, there's other things you can do to help your sleep. Instead of coffee, you can have something that I I call an adrenal cocktail. So Ooh. it's really, you know, some um, a fruit drink and herbs that just helps your, your adrenals or your, your kidneys are the, you know, they, they do get a bit depleted through all the caffeine abuse that we give give them um, things simple things like putting some Himalayan rock salt or some Celtic um, salt into your water when you're drinking your water that will help you as well um, just to get that little bit of energy and other sources that's not just caffeine yeah because it's the go-to isn't it that we rely on and where would you get that now would you get that in most health shops or yeah, so the Celtic sea salt you get in health shop, it's that grainy salt. Yeah. Um that's a tick. It's um it's usually comes from France, but um if you put it in your water it's brilliant. Um now that's opposed to, you know, your your table salt. Yes. So that's the one not to take. But the other Celtic sea salt is is really good for you just to help your electrolytes, make sure you're hydrated and then it does help you energy wise. That's fantastic. Now, you did mention this idea of us not wanting to go to bed, this bedtime procrastination, which is a big, big thing. Now, part of this, Netflix is not only to blame, it's also social media and the late night scrollers. So 31%, quite a significant amount, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And, you know, I used to have this now as a habit. I have to say now, I definitely, my my phone goes to sleep actually at 10 o'clock. So you can't actually, you can't actually do anything. I have it set up like that, which is great and I have to say it's reduced that massively but it this is stimulating the brain really isn't it this constant scrolling Yes and, and it was a huge figure you know in the survey by DFS that that in Ireland we are as a society scrolling social media more two, two and a half times more so than our neighbours in the UK so um, but it, what it does is when we are falling asleep in the evening we produce melatonin which is a sleepy hormone and what happens when you have screens or particularly mobile phones is the blue light from that blocks the production of melatonin essentially says to your brain wake up it's daytime okay very interesting so you're basically interrupting that 
production of melatonin, which will be more difficult to fall asleep. Um, so it's just about finding hacks to stop that, like yourself, put put that um, on your phone, that mm. curfew, the digital curfew, or uh, charge your phone outside of your room um, put or do a digital curfew. I'm putting my phone away. Yeah. And, you know, if you do need your alarm, invest in a traditional alarm clock that's not on your phone. You know, just have that on your bedside table. But it's probably one of the biggest things that I did to change my sleep was the, the phone and the, the changing of the phone. Go back to something that's analogue. So one of the things I haven't done in years was read a book. Yes. You know, just um, instead in the evening. Go back to reading a book or a magazine, but something that doesn't involve a screen. Something, yeah, and reduce this massively. And look, at we know it's difficult. It's like uh, slowly but surely, you know, try and weed it out of the room as much as possible. It, it, it really, as you say, it's going to be a huge benefit. And um, in terms of, you know, say if your mind is too active, because sometimes I will do all the right things. I will, you know, not watch a series, say, before bed. I'll read. I'll have the, the phone on sleep mode. But then because I am so hectic, I will have things whirring around. So sometimes I use a sleep meditation. Do you find stuff like that works? Yes, the sleep meditations are brilliant for, for someone like yourself who, you know, find it hard to wind down or might have constant chatter going on. Um, and, you know, the meditation works for some people. For others, it's brain dumping all your thoughts into a sleep journal or oh, a, yeah. a notebook. Um, for others, it's listening to white noise, so a white noise machine, or you can find white noise or pink noise on YouTube um, and listen to it. Um, there's different ways, you know, we all are essentially different, but it is finding something that works for you to calm calm you down before bed there's sleep stories that you can listen to on apps like calm you know a famous person reading a story like matthew mcconaughey or killian murphy or oh i mean like that was lovely dreams lovely dreams and like people are into this uh you know this asmr this whispering as well has uh people are very in, uh, do this as well when they're going off to sleep they find it really soothing yeah and as I say, it, it is different strokes for different folks, you know, the listening to the the whispering or the listening to, you know, the pink noise is something like a shower, a shower or rainfall sound. Yes, I love uh, that, the rainfall, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but it's just about switching basically your, your brain from sympathetic mode, which is when you're really, when you're stressed and your, your cortisol has been heightened. So that's our stress hormone. And it's just to try and switch it to the parasympathetic, which are the rest and digest. So another one that I use with my clients at the sleep care company is resonant breathing, which is basically Mm. teaching them how to breathe. It's like um, breath work, but it's teaching them how to breathe. And when you get it going for a few minutes, you do get your HRV, which is your heart rate variability to a certain level where actually you can see on on, uh, a monitor if you track it, you can actually see your body going into that rest and digest mode. So it's just about finding something that will will work for you as an individual because some people might be allergic to, you know, a meditation. Yeah, um, it's not for everyone. Yeah. Work for them. Yeah. yeah, as you say, it's um, totally about that. And you mentioned something, like you mentioned uh, food and uh, we've, we've touched on caffeine, but is there are there other foods that maybe might be inhibiting our sleep that we might be eating a lot of? 
Yes, there are um, foods. So I'd look at diet in in detail when I look with when I work with people, um, yeah. particularly people with insomnia, because they usually have tried all the sleep hacks, but it's something essentially going on under the hood in their body. So diet is a big one. So the main things that we we ingest every day, if you think about it, are water. Um, so water needs to be really clean. So I'd always advocate, you know, drinking filtered water, mm-hmm. get your water filtered, um, reverse osmosis system. If you can, you know, if not, make sure you have, you don't avoid tap water. Um, so it's something that we have in our bodies all the time. So it's something that we really need to have clean. And the other thing is our air. So our air is quite polluted. So we're taking it in all the time. So, you know, look at the air in your house. Um, is it clean? If not, you could look at things like a, an air purifier or plants. Some some house plants are really good for oh, yeah. for cleaning the air in your house as well and having in your bedroom. Um, the other thing is um, have a have a good bed. So invest in a good bed and mattress. Um, you know, we spend a third of our lives sleeping, so um, it's important to have a good bed and a, and a good mattress that we change at least every five, six years. Oh, really good one. Yeah, because pe- people are like, people don't really invest, as you say, in something like that. And it is, it's really important to have a nice new bed and a nice uh, mattress as well. And something like that as well. If you go to different furniture shops, they're really brilliant at advising you on kind of what, you know, one would be the best for you, particularly if you have back problems or different things like that as well. So that's really like obvious, but so, so important to, to mention. It absolutely is. And just as you were mentioning there, uh, the work that you do uh, for one to one with clients I did see something on your Instagram which absolutely fascinated me about uh, this hair test that you do for people so this is where you can delve further into maybe maybe as you say under the hood what's going on in the body through hair follicles isn't that right? Yes so it's called a hair tissue mineral analysis and it's taking a a piece of hair from the nape of your neck and I send it off to a laboratory and they come back and it looks at all the minerals and the heavy metals in your body so basically um if they're getting in so have you got enough calcium sodium magnesium potassium and if our minerals are depleted we can have low energy it can cause insomnia it can cause weight gain so many things that basically if our bodies are out of balance it shows up as a different symptom for every one of us and for me it could be insomnia for you it could be weight gain um so it's important to balance your minerals um, the other thing that that test looks at is your heavy metals. So things like, have you got any aluminium? Have you got any copper? Um, it looks at um, lots of heavy metals mm. and ways that, that they can get into our bodies are through foods, through things like our fillings, you know, of things course, like yeah. using tin foil, um, using non-stick frying pans. Um, so things that that can help that, you know, obviously I'm a big believer in testing and not guessing. So yes. I run a number of tests on you. I see what the imbalances are and then I will only address then those particular imbalances as opposed to saying to you, Sinead, you just go and take all these supplements because, yes. you know, they might be good for sleep. So we only address, you know, okay, we're going to look at the copper toxicity, you've low sodium, etc. Um, we only look at those particular ones. But the hair mineral, the hair mineral, it's a mouthful of hair mineral <laughs> tissue analysis is really good for anyone that has it has an ailment and ca- okay. can't quite put their finger on it. They've probably gone for blood tests, 
with their doctor, have been told everything is fine, but you know on you know yourself that there's something amiss. You know, there's there's simple hacks that you can do, as I said, you know, uh the sodium, the salt earlier is one of them. Um uh another is, you know, the adrenal cocktails, so drinking basically getting the, the minerals into you in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, supplements, but again, I'd only advocate for supplements if you have that imbalance. Magnesium, a lot of us are deficient in magnesium, but some people are fine and they don't need a magnesium supplement. Um, so again, but, it's um, getting that test to, to, to sort out that and to see and investigate. And that's what you do. You do an awful lot of investigation for people um, who are going through these sort of issues with regards to sleep. So how can people get in touch with you then if they'd like to work with you or if they want more information? They can get in touch with me for sleep expertise on thesleepcarecompany.com or I'm on Instagram as well, the Sleep Care Company. And then I'm on LinkedIn as well. My name is Anne-Marie Boyhan. And then in regard to finding out your sleep personality, you can also do that as well. There's a quiz that you can do to find out if you're a morning type, an evening type or an in-betweener type. And that quiz is on the DFS website. That's dfs.co.uk. And yeah, we had great fun with this last week. We really did on the show finding out what sort of sleep personalities we were. But Anne-Marie, thank you so much for taking the time with all that great advice and information. Thank you, Sinead. Take Thanks care. Thanks a million. com. That's where you'll find her. As she said as well, she's also on Instagram. But if you want to take that like personality test and actually take it properly, dfs.co.uk. Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Oh, she collaborates with the best people, Anne-Marie and Shania Twain, together in Unhealthy. Just to let you know that there's a very uh, special event happening on September 16th. That's this coming Saturday and it's all to raise funds for the Chernobyl cause. And many people around this neck of the woods will know the fantastic, remarkable Isabel San Roma, who has really, I suppose joined Drogheda with the children of Chernobyl for the past over 30 years at this stage and she is putting together this night and it's going to have great entertainment. You're going to have Sean Tester, wonderful local tenor. He's going to be performing. Uh, He's also going to be joined by internationally recognised Ukrainian singers as well. Also, uh, there's an award-winning violinist, Jennifer Murphy, acclaimed pianist and chamber musician, Edward Holly, and internationally recognised composers, musicians, father and son duo, Michael and Brefni Houlihan. And throughout the evening, the story of Drogheda's connection and 30-year relationship with the children of Chernobyl will be unveiled through a really captivating visual journey. So they're going to have um, images of contemporary Belarusian photography uh, there as well and also lots of different things that's happening uh, at the moment uh, in Ukraine and Jerry Kelly our own Jerry Kelly is going to be host so it's going to be a really really lovely evening and all of the details of that are on drihid.com Paddy Casey living on LMFM's 11 to 1 almost time to say goodbye but just to let you know the Dublin Fringe Festival has returned and there's a show about heavy metal moshing that's part of this I had to find out more about it. We're going to be joined by Rachel Nivradon. She is the person behind Mosh. We're going to be chatting to her on tomorrow's show, but that is my lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for joining me and I'll chat to you again tomorrow.
Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. With Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, the best in motoring here for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.